Hello and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. This is episode 213 and uh, I am recording in the dark, <laughs> literally, uh, because I'm the place that I'm, I've been staying uh, has been without electricity for the last seven days and boy, is it a thing. It's a thing. I can't even, every day I think this can't go on and then it goes on. (laughs) It's really something. Um, but so yeah, this, this is re I'm record. I can record because I still have, um, a charge, like a battery on my laptop. I haven't been using my laptop much because there's no Wi-Fi, So I have been, uh, managing to avoid using it too much. So I could do such things as, as record a, a broadcast in this moment, but I won't be able to post it because there is no Wi-Fi. So it will be late. I'm sorry if you have come to depend upon it and expect it on Mondays and then poof, not there. (laughs) I mean, unless a miracle happens, there are still two more hours left in Monday and maybe the power will come back in the next two hours. I'll get this recorded and it'll just come back and I'll just post it and you'll be like, what do you mean it's late? But I think the odds of that happening are pretty slim. The current estimation is uh, like 1 a.m. on Wednesday, I think. 1 p.m. on Wednesday. Anyway, Wednesday. And this is Monday. So, I mean, those estimations are completely inaccurate and crazy. So, whatever. But uh, anyway, I am working on some kind of a a post about this. I feel like there are many... Uh, interesting revelations that I have, I, I actually I shouldn't call them revelations, just like little moments of like, you know, this is interesting. For example, uh, in a world without Wi-Fi, which is the world I live in now, and without a cell signal, because my phone barely works. For, I think the storm that took out this power also took out a cell tower, is my guess. I don't know that. I have no evidence. I'm literally just making things up. But uh, anyway, in that world, like there's like a battery operated radio and that radio is, I, I haven't listened to the radio radio in so long and now suddenly I listen to it all the time. Um, there's just something like, I don't know, I, I feel like t- it's time to remember to honor radio. So I bow down to you, radio. WNYC, you are keeping me sane. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. Listener supported. <laughs> Somebody go donate to WNYC, please, <laughs> for keeping me sane in seven days of darkness. <laughs> anyway, that's all a side note. There will be more coming on the, the, this front. I haven't actually managed to write anything about it, but, but, it, but it is all percolating. Maybe I'll understand everything when when it's finally over. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, meanwhile, here here at some point in the future, uh, this this broadcast will be posted, uh, and this one uh, is called 
theater, celebrities, hope, and what we're doing now. Part of the reason I just went ahead and went full steam ahead with this podcast idea a few months ago is that I thought, well, with all the theaters shut down, theater journalists will have absolutely nothing to talk about. So maybe a little indie theater company making work in the middle of a storm will suddenly be of interest. Maybe, I thought, this is our opening. We are, after all, still making theater of a kind, even if it's solely in audio form. Theater lovers will want to hear it, I naively thought. Turns out what theater lovers want is celebrities. Turns out theater lovers would rather watch cast reunion Zoom meetings. They would rather gaze at Kristen Chenoweth's bookshelves than engage with some off-off Broadway something or other. Big companies would rather air the stuff in their vaults than point the way to smaller companies who may have already been working in the digital space. Theater lovers would rather listen to a podcast of people talking about famous theater than actually listen to theater via podcast. With all of theater sitting on the sidelines, it has become incredibly clear who has been driving this bus the whole time, and it isn't the nonprofit world or the fringe. A collection of interviews about the future of theater made the social media rounds among my theater friends recently, and a lot of them found a great deal of hope and comfort in it. I can see why. There are a lot of people reading idealistic, formative texts like The Empty Space right now and thinking about how to boil theater down to its essence. They are dreaming of a new and better theater, and I really hope that can be true. But I am incredibly skeptical. Not because I don't believe it's possible to do things differently. I 100% believe it is possible. The reason I'm skeptical is because it's already not what's happening. The funds and resources and attention are, for the most part, going to Broadway and celebrities and theater celebrities. The National Theater in England is asking for donations in sharing its work and getting them. Meanwhile, that is a publicly funded organization. So we have a major taxpayer-funded organization sharing its work internationally and raising money. Not to say that I'm not enjoying getting to see shows I couldn't get access to across the ocean, but an organization like that has a built-in audience. People ready to click on it and has already invested buckets of money in high-quality filming of their work. The digital space is being dominated by the winners in just the same way that our live space was. The winners-take-all philosophy has been ruling our theater world for ages, and given the way things are going digitally, it does not look like it's likely to change. I'm glad people can be hopeful about it and that they're re-reading towards a poor theater, but I can tell you, as someone who has been making theater without many resources for the last two decades, resources are what make the difference. It feels to me like folks are interested in a poor theater, empty space sort of world as long as they can have Patti LuPone in it. 
They want to make poor theater, but with all the usual rich ones. Not that I wouldn't get a kick out of seeing Lapone in some fucking experimental basement empty space production. I, I would. And of course, I started writing this piece before American theater really started reckoning or in many cases pretending to reckon with racism and watching that continue to unfold might give me a kind of hope except I have yet to see any particularly profound shifts everyone is saying oh we'll do better when we get back but I don't see a lot of people doing better now Look, I know there is no theater right now, but a lot of places still have budgets and are still paying their mostly white male artistic directors while their artists are unemployed. There are things to be done. Instead of writing up toothless diversity statements, maybe they could commission some writers who are black, indigenous, or people of color to create some new work or hire some directors who are black, indigenous, or people of color and designers to begin pre-production work on a socially distant show of some kind. I know there's no theater, but I'm a tiny theater company with a four-figure budget. If I can figure out how to make something, I know that the million-dollar organizations can too. I have yet to see a leader in American theater do anything even remotely close to what the guy from Reddit did and actually give up some of their own power. It's all well and good to write a diversity statement, but it's meaningless without action. And action is actually still possible even though theater as we've known it is still on lockdown. What we do now is a clear reflection of our values and interests. If all we're promoting are celebrities on Zoom, then that is what we will have upon our return to the stage. What we nurture will grow. And it's become clear to me that celebrity, even just theater celebrity, is what drives the clicks. So it is what is driving our theater. I get it. I like clicks too. So I have a solution. We just got to lean into it. If celebrities want to help and take responsibility, like they said in that video, then let's do that. Let's give every major theater a celebrity sponsor. And that celebrity sponsor lends their name and their platform to the show and pays for it. They pay for the black, indigenous, or person of color writer and director and cast, and they get to say... Julia Roberts presents over the title, but that's it. The theater gets the celebrity boost, the clicks, and the cash to make sure they actually keep their fucking promise to produce more work by black, indigenous, people of color, artists. Or, and this will be a lot easier to get going, we go ahead and start promoting the black, indigenous, people of color, artists, and work that's already being done right now. Or, and this is the one that I know nobody's going to do, all the white folks who've been leading our major institution all these years and drawing six-figure salaries and above can quit those jobs and name black indigenous people of color successors, preferably artists, who can run those institutions in their place. And it'd be okay with me if we just broke those big institutions up and just funded a bunch of artists instead. The buildings aren't doing anyone any good at the moment. 
but that's me dreaming. I know how unlikely it is that change that dramatic could shift what's happening. It's never been more clear how the theater business has actually worked thus far, and it is rather dramatically a winner-take-all world. The way things are now, theaters that survive this will be the ones who can suck up the most resources, the ones who can survive long enough to grab all the funding that might be left in a year, will be the winners. And maybe those of us who are used to making things with a cardboard box and a piece of string will survive too. Cardboard and string have gotten us this far without resources. Maybe there's hope for us too. I don't know though. I would love a more meaningful theater climate, but based on what's happening right now, I think we're looking at a future of Google the musical and Amazon, the story of Jeff Bezos, and it is unlikely to move a single one of us. The Theater Development Fund is raising money not to develop theater, but to keep itself afloat. There are currently no grants for making things, just grants to cover rents and administrators for our big buildings. Those who are innovating in new venues are unfunded. What we do now is what we will do in the future. If we want a more accessible, open theater when we return, we can't just hope for it. We have to be working toward it now. We're in the middle of a good conversation where freelancers are finally feeling free to tell some of the truths about working at these big institutions. But until there is actual action with actual resources, until someone with power hands over some of it to someone without it, we're just doing things the same old way. We can't just hope that when we come back, things will be different. We have to make it different. It's already started. It's already happening. We have to make it different now. I keep thinking about this passage from Rebecca Solnit's Hope in the Dark. It goes... Hope is not a lottery ticket you can sit on the sofa and clutch feeling lucky. It is an axe you break down doors with in an emergency. Hope should shove you out the door because it will take everything you have to steer the future away from endless war, from the annihilation of the earth's treasures and the grinding down of the poor and marginal. To hope is to give yourself to the future. And that commitment to the future is what makes the present inhabitable. That's Rebecca Solnit's Hope in the Dark. We have to give ourselves to the future. So I should tell you that this blogcast, uh, in addition to having been recorded in the dark, <laughs> is also uh, slightly different in terms of how I recorded it, um, also due to the lack of electricity. Um, and, and that quirk is that normally when I read the blogcast, I read directly from the blog. Um, and that is because sometimes I'll make little edits when I put it in that format. Um, 
there's something about being like, and this is where it will go to be published that that sometimes makes me see things that I missed when it was hanging out in my Word document. Um, so it's possible that what I just read to you is not what's actually published <laughs> because uh, I just read to you from my, my Word document. Um, so if there are small differences, I don't think they'd be big ones, um, but there may be small differences between them and... Uh, I don't know because I can't see the internet, <laughs> but you might. Um, if you geek out on that kind of stuff, you can read along and see where I made some changes. <sighs> yeah, so um, I don't know. I don't know what to say about any of this, aside from nothing seems to have really changed. Uh, aside from like a few more theaters that are now opening up, which I, I still feel that seems weird to me. Um, so the song here today <laughs> is uh, uh, High Hopes, which is a song um, that my dad used to sing to me all the time. So it ha it's, very, it's a very sweet song to me. Um, in terms of like its kind of emotional connection. And I thought uh, th this thing about hope is, um, it's, it's, it, it feels like that's the core of this thing is, is like people are hoping for this different future and it, and it, you know, hope, hope has got to be active. Um, anyway. Uh, so I was like, oh yeah, a song about hope would be good. And I thought of this one and, uh, and I, so I spent some time with it and what a funny song this is. Oh my gosh. So you'll hear it in a moment if you're not familiar, but it, it is such an American song. I, and I don't think I really, I mean, obviously it, because it's from my childhood, I, I didn't really ever think about it, but like spending time with it the last like week or two is just it's just this very like it's so optimistic you know it's like you gotta have high hopes and believe in impossible things that it's just like that's our national it is our it is our flaw and our dream and our downfall and the sweetest thing about us and oh boy so all of that is in is in this song, but the other thing about it that really makes me laugh is that the two examples of uh, you know people, animals having high hopes could both be seen as fairly destructive. So the ant wants to move a rubber tree plant, and it doesn't seem like it's something that the rest of us want, just given the context of the song. But that one, you know, it's a, we move a rubber tree plant, we can move it back, it's not a big deal. Uh, but the other one is this ram who wants to kick, uh, punch a hole in a dam, kick a hole in a dam, no, punch, he says punch. Uh, and it's a billion kilowatt dam. So this is a working, important dam, and no one can stop it because this ram has high hopes and and is successful to at doing... The, it is this ram's big dream to punch a hole in a dam and he succeeds. And a billion kilowatt 
pets are lost in this dam. I'm assuming. I don't know. Anyway, I I just think it's very funny that the two sort of examples are both they're not like, you know, oh, he dreamed he could make a castle out of ice cream and then he did it and hooray. It's no, he dreamed he could punch a hole in a dam. <laughs> oh, we are, we are, what a people we are. What a, a, an amazing people. Yeah. So uh, I will shortly play for you uh, High Hopes. Again, not to discount my strong affection for the song, but it is ridiculous. Uh, So that'll be here in a moment. If you like the podcast, thank you for listening to it. Uh, Please tell someone about it. Share it with somebody. Um, If you would like to support the podcast, best way to do that is Patreon, patreon.com slash Emily R. Davis. There's also Ko-fi and PayPal if you've just felt like three throw in a one-time donation situation. Um, And, you know, follow me on all the socials and stuff. I'm not a big tweeter, Instagrammer, Pinterester, whatever, but I I, I do at least post these things there. (laughs) And um, if you say hello, I'll be really happy to hear from you. So all of those things. And also check out The Dragoning, which is uh, my audio drama podcast that I have been making. And uh, that link is also in the show notes. All those links are in the show notes. Oh, you know one other thing that is such a bummer? I think I said this because I was listening to the radio, but I don't think I mentioned how I have not listened to a single podcast in a week. Oh, it's breaking my heart. I'm such an addict and I have, I cannot, I cannot hear a podcast for nothing. Anyway, but you can listen to this podcast and uh, thank you for doing that. So here it is. High hopes. Next time you're found with your chin on the ground, there's a lot to be learned. So look around. Just one. Yeah.
time you're feeling bad instead of feeling sad just remember that Bram. oops there goes a billion kilowatt down all problems just a toy balloon they'll be busted soon they're just bound to go pop oops there goes